Hello and welcome to Behind the Forensics. I am host, who is a dermal and molecular biology obsessed individual, Maddie. Wow, I can't believe that we are already at episode five of our mini-series podcast. This is going so fast and the feedback we have been getting from all of our listeners has been overwhelming. So thank you again to all of you out there listening as this would not be possible without you. So now we are really going to delve into the world of forensic science and investigate the true depth of appreciation that molecular and cellular biology plays in helping solve crimes and bring justice to those who are not able to speak for themselves. Today's episode is truly something from a sci-fi movie. When I first read about this case, it seemed too good to be true. However, when I sat back and really thought about it, I realised that this is the magic of DNA and it is truly such a magnificent thing. Today we are looking at a case taking us back to 1995, the murder of Crystal Beslanovich. This is an unsolved murder that haunted the Wasatch County Sheriff's Department for the following 18 years after the murder. That was until technology was able to catch up. It was ultimately the sheer passion and determination of the then Deputy Sheriff Bonner and the fact that this unsolved case haunted him for so many years. That is in, until 2013 when this case was finally able to reach a turning point. This is the tragic story of a young girl by the name of Crystal Lynn Bezlenowicz, who grew up in Spokane living with her mother Linda Torrenson. Linda told the Desert News back in 1996 that her daughter had been involved with drugs and even prostitution from the age of 15. Her mother said that every time she came home, she had her arms spread out wide for a big hug and a smile on her face. I never refused her. I always loved her, Torrance, and said then. Whatever she was doing, she thought was more important than living a normal life. Crystal and her boyfriend had moved from Spokane to Utah only months earlier before this horrendous event had taken place. On Saturday the 16th of December in 1995 in Utah, the body of 17-year-old Crystal Bislenovich was discovered on, in the Provo River. Crystal's naked body had been found by two local farmers lying face down. Her body was bloodied and it would appear that she'd been beaten to death with a granite rock, which is a very jagged and pointed type of stone. This was used and crushed her skull in the back. She was bludgeoned beyond being able to be visually identifiable. It would appear that another rock that had been dropped on her skull after the fact that she had already been bludgeoned to death. The law authorities that first reached the scene were the Wasatch County Sheriff's Department. At the time of the murder, it was alleged that the murder weapon, a rock from the Provo River, was thought to have been the murder weapon. They found two rocks near the victim's body that appeared to contain body matter as well as blood. However, no obvious signs and traces of any blood, hair or saliva samples looked to be available belonging to any another individual so therefore leading to the indication that at this time there was no possible DNA that was able to be collected that did not belong to Crystal herself. The evidence was removed from the scene and stored away. The initial autopsy results for the victim's death was craniocerebral injuries, 
also referred to as blunt force injuries. Also collected at the crime scene were the victim's fingernail clippings. Swabs from the victim were also collected containing both blood and vaginal swabs. There was also a photograph taken at the scene of what appeared to be bloody fingerprints on the victim's wrist. Initially, the identification was unknown of the victim, labelling her as a Jane Doe. However, after an image of the victim's tattoo was released to the media, Crystal Lynn Bezlenovich was finally identified by a male who had alleging to be her boyfriend. The male claimed to be Crystal's boyfriend had allegedly reported her missing two days after the fact she failed to return home after going to a Salt Lake convenience store. This particular individual claiming to be the victim's boyfriend also revealed that the victim was a sex worker who had recently relocated from out of state to the area. It was also believed by authorities that this particular individual was the victim's pimp. He was later cleared of being involved and authorities concluded that he was no longer a suspect in the murder of the now identified Crystal Bezlanowicz. This is a recording that shows Sheriff Bonner's recollection of the case and the morning he got that dreaded call. On the morning of uh, December 16th, 1995, I was dispatched about one minute to 10 in the morning uh, to a location on the upper Provo River. The report of a uh, deceased person found along the Provo River. In discovering uh, some of the evidence in the area, like uh, wounds to her body, it had definitely had appeared that she was murdered in this location. She took quite a beating from the looks of things with granite rock, which is a very rough pointed, jagged type of stone. Uh, very, we found two different rocks that happened to have what appeared to be body matter uh, as well as blood uh, on these rocks and some very large stones that had quite a bit of blood on them that appeared to have been used after she had been down, which had been dropped on her skull. To begin with, we had, we had worked this case for a couple of years with not coming up with a whole lot of good leads. I mean, we had several leads, but that took us from Washington State to South Dakota, uh, but nothing really panned out that great. The Wasatch County Sheriff's Department worked tirelessly on the investigation for two years until the point where the trail ran dry. It wasn't until 2013 that an arrest would be made, but in the meantime, when the lead investigator of Crystal's murder, former deputy, now Sheriff Bonner, had come across new technology that from his research looked as if it would be a viable option in assisting in the identification of the perpetrator using DNA and a new technology that the following would occur. The case was reopened in 2006 once new technology called the MVAC system was created and made it possible to collect DNA from the suspect suspected murder weapon being that large granite rocks that had been recovered from the crime scene. The DNA from the rocks that had been at the, found at the crime scene and thought to have been the murder weapon were sent off to the lab for further investigation to see what could be done. The DNA recovered at this particular time was only partial DNA sequences. In 2008, 
there were two full-time detectives reassigned to this case with the job of reopening it while the technology continued to advance. After much testing, in the January of 2009, a match was finally discovered, and this was not what the investigators were expecting at all. It came back after being tested with a full male DNA profile, CODIS matched a man by the name of Joseph Michael Simpson. Now that Sheriff Bonner was armed with a name, and although he was not clear of any other links between the victim and the suspect, the next step was to get fresh DNA samples from Simpson. In the August of 2013, with the help of local Florida Sheriff's Department, Bonner was able to set up surveillance on Simpson. On the 25th of August, during the surveillance, Simpson visited a a local convenience store, and as he was leaving, threw away a cigarette butt. It was that single cigarette butt that gave Sheriff Bonner his new window of DNA opportunity. The lab confirmed a positive match for the DNA. On the Tuesday, the 17th of September, Sheriff Bonner was able to arrest Simpson and charged him with the murder of Crystal Beslanowicz. Within an hour, the court had come to a decision and he had been sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. Joseph Michael Simpson was never initially considered to be a suspect. In fact, he had never even been on the Wasatch County Sheriff's radar. So, who is this suspect and what could have been his motive for killing Crystal? in such a volatile manner. However, with Simpson never commenting into his motive for the murder of the, it was theorised by Sheriff Bonner that it was likely linked to drugs and or prostitution. It is thanks to the advancements in DNA technology that Simpson was able to be arrested and charged in the September of 2013. This being able to give some closure to Crystal's family and allowing Sheriff Bonner to make the phone call that he had waited 18 long years to do. However, Simpson was not new to being charged with a murder conviction. He had previously been charged for a 1980s murder and it was thanks to this that they were able to get a CODIS match on Simpson. He had been arrested in 1987 by Clearwater Police and then convicted of murder in a Farmington court months later. Records show Simpson first arrived in Utah State Prison in 1987. However, he was first paroled in April of 1995. Following this, he was granted a travel permit while on parole and was able to travel to Nevada in the June of 1997. Simpson had a run-in with the law regarding drug-related charges. He was then extradited back to Utah, where he spent a short time in prison before again being released in the September of 2007. He completed his parole in 2003. Since being released, Simpson had then resided in Florida for approximately 13 to 14 years. Without the DNA connection being made to Simpson, then this connection would never have been made likely that he would be a suspect and therefore likely have gone uncaught. It was for his CODIS data and the sensational discovery of DNA and the scientific developments that have since been made from that legend, Professor Sir Alec Jeffries and the amazing developments using the NVAC system. So this amazing technology that I am about to talk to you about has proved to be such a vital tool in forensics and actually lifted 
200 times more DNA from the rock than was actually required in order to make a positive DNA identification. It is what we call the MVAC, standing for the Motor Vehicle Air Conditioning, meaning that it is a wet vacuum DNA collecting system. How it works is that a collection solution is sprayed onto the object while simultaneously being vacuumed off the surface, kind of creating a mini hurricane. Here it loosens the DNA materials and is transferred to a sterile collection bottle and concentrated in a filter. Here is some information directly from MVAC Systems and the MVAC why the wet vacuum collector works and how it works. Traditional collection methods primarily collect DNA material from the surface or top of a substrate. But when the substrate is rough, porous, or the DNA is spread over a large area, they can fail to collect sufficient levels to generate a viable profile. The MVAC system is a wet vacuum-based forensic DNA collection system that sprays a sterile solution onto any surface and collects the DNA material, even when the DNA is difficult to collect from the fibers, cracks, and crevices. This method has been shown to collect up to 200 times more DNA than traditional methods. The MVAC has been successful even after a traditional sample method has been tried. Every investigator knows the more quality DNA collected, the better the chances for a viable profile. With the advent of wet vacuum collection, investigators can now look at negative past results and ask, was there no DNA material on that surface? Or did the method used just not collect it? If it's the latter, then they know they need to utilize the MVAC. The MVAC system is helping investigators solve more crime through better forensic DNA collection. The MVAC can provide new life for an investigation and a better chance to solve the case. This is a typical rock from the Provo River in Utah. In December of 1995, a rock very similar to this was used to brutally bludgeon a young 17-year-old girl named Crystal Blislamovich. Her body and that rock were found next to the river that cold December morning. And despite the best efforts of the investigators, because there was limited evidence, the case quickly went cold. Fast forward 18 years. DNA processing equipment in the crime lab had gone from requiring a sample the size of a half dollar to just a few cells. But traditional collection methods still failed to produce a viable DNA profile. Fortunately, the investigators also had access to a new collection method, the MVAC system. They used the MVAC to vacuum the suspect's DNA from that rock, and that was critical in moving the case forward. The suspect was found and arrested. More and more agencies are recognizing the MVAC as a tool that can give their cases another chance. Here we have Sheriff Bonner talking about the contribution MVAC had to solving this case. We had come to a close with all the leads that we had had. It wasn't going anywhere, but it wasn't until we learned about MVAC uh, that the case took a, a drastic change for the better. And I truly believe that without the knowledge that uh, the individuals who put the time and effort into creating such a sensitive forensic piece of equipment, uh, this case would never have been solved. So truthfully, because of the MVAC system, because of the people that, that 
have the, the desire to really truly help people close a case, to do whatever that, that the MVAC system was set up to be, uh, truly, in my opinion, is one incredible piece of equipment that is going to cause law enforcement to solve a lot of crimes, a lot of criminal cases, not just law enforcement, but everyone. Anything that has to do with DNA, I truly believe the NVAC system is the answer and will change the world as far as the DNA goes. So in cases where you can't see the touch DNA, the MVAC is used to pick it up and then is able to be analysed and compared through databases for a match. The MVAC was invented by Dr Bruce Bradley, the founder and inventor of the MVAC. He was a sensational scientist and this was initially created to be used to suck bacteria off of food. It wasn't until his son, Jared Bradley, took the concept of his father's invention and described to his friends at the FBI how this could be used in crime scene investigation. So we are basically collecting trace evidence from a crime scene that is not successfully to be able to be taken or analysed just through the use of a swab. The MVAC system is an amazing twist in this case and the discovery of the trace DNA all of those years later. It has allowed many investigators to solve crimes that likely wouldn't have been able to have been solved prior. DNA forensics collection has grown momentum and this is a really exciting part of what is happening in the forensics and DNA world. Wow, this episode had so many twists and turns and some awesome technology that combined with DNA, again, proving to be how amazing and unique this individual genetic coding is and the essence of each and every one of us. So thank you again for joining me today for this episode, and I hope you gained some further insight to how far DNA and forensic science has come since Sir Alec Jeffrey's Eureka moment, and to the point where we are able to combine technolo technological advances like the MVAC system. Thank you again for tuning in and I hope you have a great day. Bye.